The Minnesota Wild are in a cap crunch of all their own making, and they've got some tough decisions to make over this offseason. On today's show, Seth Topol from Locked on Wild joins us to talk about what exactly the asking price is for one Kevin Fiala. We're going to look at that on today's episode of Locked on Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Kings, your daily podcasts for the Minnesota Wild and Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network. Thank you for making both Locked on Wild and Locked on Kings your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, both shows are free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Kings, we take a look at if Kevin Fiala would be a fit for the surprise Los Angeles Kings as they look to take a leap forward after a uh, third-place finish in the Pacific Division this past season. So uh, we'll talk about that. Some of the potential prospects and picks that could be thrown in if both teams are willing to make a deal. My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, and I'm joined by the host of the Locked on Kings podcast, Sarah Avampato. Sarah, thank you for joining me. And uh, I, I was putting this together um, just with the fact that it seems pretty likely that the outcome that the Wild will be going with is uh, trading Kevin Fiala. And so trying to come up with some potential suitors for his services. I feel like the Kings are kind of a dark horse in this entire process because you look at it from my perspective, uh, a team that that really surprised, but a team that did so a lot on their defense, and their goaltending, and definitely looks like a team that could uh, could use some scoring to try to further that mix. Uh, is that a fair assessment? That is, I mean, you have hit the story of the Los Angeles Kings from like today back to, I don't know, Wayne Gretzky years, like nail on the head of sure would be nice if anyone on this team could score some goals. And I, I think that that is definitely something they're going to want to address over the off season. It's something we say every year that they're going to address in the off season and then they don't. Uh, or they do, and it's not enough. But uh, I think that is a pretty fair assessment that if this team wants to take the next step forward, uh, that they need more people who can score goals. Now, let's, before we dive into some of the potential return, if you have any Kevin Fiala questions for me, uh, feel free to fire away, and I'll, I'll do the best I can to try to uh, answer them. Well, first off, I mean, looking at the the Wilds uh, points, the, the scoring for the Wild over the, the last season, um, when I look at Kevin Fiala, I see that he was second in the team on scoring in the regular season. He had 85 points, which was, uh, for Kings fans, uh, more points than literally anybody on the Kings. Uh, Andre Kopitar topped out at 67 points, which is great. Um, but that sure is not as many points as Kevin Fiala. So why, why, why would you get rid of your, your nice shiny boy who scores all those goals? You know, it's, it's a frustrating one, obviously, because 
I myself am on the team keep Fiala uh, on that bandwagon. In fact, I, I attempted to be one of the ones that started it, even though there were several other media people and podcasts that had previously done so. It comes down to this. You know, you, you look at the Wilds with what they have to deal with with the Parisi and Suter buyouts. Um, obviously, the two big names that are thrown about as the most tradable are Kevin Fiala and Matt Dumba. If you look at the circumstances for both, is Matt Dumba, you know, is over the past few years, he has really dealt with some, some injuries, some of that not his fault, but he hasn't been a guy that has played a full season uh, for the uh, the last few years, and his offense has dipped. Um, did have a little bit of a rebound this year in that department, but I, I wonder, and, and I think Bill Guerin has, has alluded to some of this in his discussions with media this offseason. I don't think there is a huge market for Matt Dumba's services at this time. Now, that could change if he starts the season off hot next year in the wild, kind of fall out of contention with him being an unrestricted free agent after this season. That could be an outlet that they look at at that point. But I think from what will get the biggest return, Fiala is the easy one to point to there because coming off of a career high, he's 25 years old. At the same time, the Wild are approaching this as trying to keep as much of this group as they can together to try to replicate the success they had this past season with the hope that there will be a couple of guys that step up and really overperform to fill some of that void left by Fiala not being there. I'm kind of of the belief that I don't think that's going to be as easy as they think it will be. And in that situation, why don't you just attempt to like reset the core, which would include Kaprizov and Fiala? Be my preference. Build around those guys going forward and jettison some of the other parts that have uh, kind of kept this team together. But uh, Garen has not shown any really desire to do that. So Fiala is the one that's going to get the biggest return. Obviously, he is going to be an unrestricted free agent after this coming season. So he is due for an extension. The Wilds just do not have the funds to be able to do that. And so... This looks like the outcome that has kind of been set for Garen since the season started. And so as much as I am not a huge fan of it, as much as fans are not a huge fan of it, just seems like that's the uh, that's the way that this ship is going to go, is that uh, this is going to be the way that the Wild um, kind of get some cap room back and don't necessarily have to worry about this over the next couple of seasons. But again, I'd rather keep the guy. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, this is a career year for him. I mean, he just blew away pretty much any of his past seasons. Um, so I guess the question is, you know, and, and the Kings are facing this own question with, you know, one of their own players, not nearly as as accomplished in terms of scoring this year as, as Fiala, but uh, Adrian Kempe, also same age range, had a career year. And Kings fans are kind of sitting back looking 
and going, which is the real Adrian Kempe, the guy who scored 30 plus goals this year, or the one we've dealt with the past couple of years, um, which is the real Kevin Fiala, the one who scored 85 points this past year, or the guy who's been in the sort of 40, 50 range the rest of his career? Boy, that's a really good question. And that's the one I think that Bill Guerin is gambling on mm -hmm. is that this is the outlier and the production that Fiala had this season was largely due to the contributions that Matt Boldy brought to the mix. Uh, you look at what this group did when Boldy was uh, was called up and the production that they had in the 47 games that uh, that Boldy played. Fiala was something like a 44-goal, 108-point player. However, at the beginning of the season, albeit with Freddie Goudreau, Victor Rask, and some other players kind of rotating in on that line, was not that productive. So I think Bill Guerin is also betting on the fact that he can kind of sell high on Fiala and that his production will dip down I say dip down kind of half-heartedly because, you know, you're still getting a guy that's going to score you 20 to 25 goals a season and can be in that 50 to 60 point range. There is a difference between that type of production and the type of production that the Wild had with Fiala this past season. And so I think Garen is trying to get a return based off of that as opposed to letting this play out throughout the entirety of the season somehow. And next year, or at the trade deadline, having to worry about, well, what happens if his performance dips? Mm -hmm. And he goes into the trade deadline next season and just does not, just just doesn't have it. He has had stretches, Fiala has, where he, you know, goals are hard to come by. And he had one to start the season this year, but then obviously made up for it. And then some with uh, his pace, I think he had, 25 goals in the last 44 games of the season or something like that. So it's, it's a huge roll of the dice. It's a big gamble by Bill Guerin, but he is betting on this being kind of the, the best that Fiala mm -hmm. can offer and that uh, he's going to go somewhere else and that production is going to dip a little bit. They're going to be like, Oh boy, what happened? Yeah, like oh well, there go th those thirty goals were nice, but bye. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 sounds very familiar. And he didn't bet like he didn't play with Kaprizov. Like he just did that all, <laughs> not on his own, but uh, you know, because I feel like any team has that. Like oh, look at our super our hundred point superstar, and then you're like, you know, it's like when you put anyone next to Connor McDavid, and suddenly like Zach Cassian scoring on a breakaway. Like, <laughs> but Fiala didn't have that uh, Kaprizov to go help set him up or anything you know and the the funny thing too albeit in just a, a really limited amount of time the two actually did play together with some in when some injuries happened mm -hmm. um it didn't really work <laughs> <laughs> eh, it happens <laughs> well, who knows but yeah. um yeah it's it, it's a dicey situation i don't like being in it i don't i don't enjoy this at all yeah. Um, because like I said, I would much rather just build around Fiala and move forward with him as, mm -hmm. as a part of the core, but this is the situation that we're in. And so we might as well try to kind of figure out what we do about it. And so mm -hmm. to continue today's episode, we'll take a look at uh, some of the assets that the Kings have at their disposal to potentially trade for Kevin Fiala. And so uh, we will do that 
coming up on our special crossover episode of Locked on Wilds and Locked on Kings after this. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I just ran out of time to put all of my vitamins and supplements together uh, and uh, take them all as I'm headed out the door to give me that uh, great boost throughout the day. With just one scoop of AG1, you can get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, everything you could possibly want. Plus, it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. That's all you need. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Kings, once again, thank you for making both shows your first listen each and every day. Hit that subscribe on YouTube and follow both shows throughout the offseason. Uh, Seth Topol joined by Sarah Avampato of Locked on Kings. Sarah, let's talk. Let's talk prospects first. Now, farm systems come and go. They get really, really good, and then as those players make their way up to the NHL level, uh, they get to where they're not as good. Uh, <laughs> so right now, uh, with the NHL draft coming up in less than a month, where are things at with the uh, the Los Angeles Kings farm system in your assessment? So the Kings definitely have, you know, some of those young players who are who have last year really taken that step into becoming NHL regulars or NHL almost regulars. Uh, there still are a lot of really good players in the AHL who are still in juniors who haven't uh, turned pro yet. Uh, and so, you know, while they may not, you know, whenever everyone's prospect rankings come out, they might not be number one in the league anymore because they have started to graduate guys to the NHL. But they do still have a lot of players who are going to be impact players in the future. And so they're sort of at the point, and this came up in a, in a recent conversation I had about the draft, where the Kings can kind of start taking gambles. They can kind of start taking swings either with trading those draft picks or, you know, picking a guy who might be a little bit of a reach, but they like him. And they're like, we're going to take this guy uh, because they have such a strong prospect pool that, you know, at this point they're experiencing what teams like. It's a great problem to have of being like, well, we have too many of them now. Uh, and, you know, you're like, wow, I, I really like it's an embarrassment of riches in, in some cases, um, you know, you're still kind of hoping for, you know, Kings fans are sometimes some of them struggling with the patience required of letting a guy like Quentin Byfield develop and letting him struggle and letting him, you know, really achieve his potential instead of being like, oh, he played 40 games. He's a bust. You know, there, there's there is some of that within the fan base. Those people are wrong. 
um, they, they need, they need to take a break. And like, he's 19, like not everyone comes into the league and is like Connor McDavid immediately. Um, right. But, you know, I think they're in a very good place in that they have enough prospects amassed that they're going to be able to start refilling holes once guys, you know, either trade, get traded or, you know, like Dustin Brown announced their retirement, things like that, but still have a pretty, you know, a pretty good chunk of players to choose from in terms of, okay, we need to make a deal for a Kevin Fiala and we have to give up a prospect. All right. Well, giving up one of them isn't going to, you know, ruin the future because there are a whole lot of them. Now, based off of this list I'm looking at, it's pretty obvious that uh, the top name on the list, Quentin Byfield, mm-hmm. is as close to untouchable, if not untouchable, mm-hmm. as, uh, as you can possibly get. And so, you know, I, I navigate through the lists. And um, if I'm looking at a prospect return for Kevin Fiala, I think I'm leaning towards wanting probably a center in return. Mm-hmm. And so I have a name on the list, but uh, I don't know if this is going to be too tall of an ask. Let's uh, let's talk about Alex Turcotte. Uh, just just chat about what he brings to the table, where he's at. Um, just because, you know, like I said, I'm looking for a center in return, mm-hmm. and so I'm just starting as as high up on the list as I can go, and we're just going to work our way down. So if you had said Alex Turcotte to me like two seasons ago, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, and this, this is the thing where like I genuinely feel bad for Alex Turcotte because he has had a real rough deal to the start of his uh, pro career. So he did one year in college, left college, was going to sign, do like the amateur trial agreement to play with the rain through the end of their season and through the playoffs. And then COVID happened. So there was no rain season. There was no, you know, rain playoffs. And Alex Turcotte had just left college, gone pro, and now had no pro season to go join. Um, Obviously, the next season was really weird in terms of the AHL having a just very bizarre kind of meaningless season. Uh, He has dealt with just a ton of injuries. Um, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't say that he's injury prone. It's not like he's injuring the same knee over and over again. It's just been a random slew of things. Um, You know, he had like mono at one point, um, some sort of weird flu thing. Like, but so he, his development, I think has really slowed down because he just hasn't been able to get into a groove or when he did, you know, he'd get hit and then he'd get hurt or something. Um, I think that he has a lot of potential whenever he is healthy and playing in a long stretch of games, especially, you know, he, he's had a hand, handful of NHL games, didn't really move the needle not much, but it was nice to see him get those games. Um, but when he gets in a routine, he looks good. He's making plays. He's really good on the power play. He's definitely a player you want to see shoot the puck more, but he's great at distributing to his teammates. Um, I, I just think that unfortunately for him in the King system, you know, now we're looking down the middle. We have Andre Kopitar, Phil Deneau, uh, Quentin Byfield is going to fill one of those spots. You know, he's there now, but, you know, you want to see him lock that down for good. The fourth line, you know, it's a fourth line. You know, I don't think that Alex Turcotte's going to be, you know, I don't think he would be best suited as a fourth line center. So the Kings, you know, have to start looking at, do we move him to wing? Do we package him somewhere? Um, I think that he has a lot of potential. I think that he just has gotten lost in the shuffle of the Kings having drafted you know, Byfield just changed everything for them yeah. in terms of like how they, you know, rank their prospects. And Turcotte just, you know, between being 
now kind of pushed down that that depth chart because of Byfield and other guys and just missing so much time with injuries. He, in the last, uh, in the Reigns playoffs in their first game, I think it was, against Colorado, uh, a guy just did like a dirty hit to the head uh, for Turcotte and he was going to be out, basically. They were like, we don't know when he's coming back. Um, they got eliminated, so it didn't really matter. But, you know, obviously there's a concern in the organization of this isn't his first concussion. Right. So maybe I shouldn't tell you that if you're trying to like... <laughs> you know, fake GM here. But I, I think that, I think he has, like I said, he has a lot of potential. He just has not had the easiest start to his pro career. Yeah. It's um, it, that makes it more difficult too, because, you know, you wonder, as you said, some of that, not necessarily his fault, but then you just, you wonder if there's going to be any lingering effects from mm -hmm. that going forward. And so, yeah. you know, this is, this is the kind of stuff that we learn in, mm -hmm. in doing these, these, I'm going to just play GM and, and start to make those phone calls types mm -hmm. things. So that's, uh, that's something definitely that we will uh, keep an eye on going forward. Um, just looking at, and this is a list from, I think it's the hockey writers of the top 10 prospects from, uh, from January of this year. So uh, any, any other names, you know, I'm again, keeping it more towards like natural centers because mm -hmm. the wild just really don't have, Many, uh, Marco Rossi will take a spot this year. We would hope, um, but beyond that, you know, I, I would like another you know center in the pipeline. So, are there any other you know center prospects or, or any others that uh, that would be kind of intriguing? You think for uh, for Wild fans? So there's two that you know, as a Kings person, it would you know break my heart to give them up, but. Again, knowing the Kings' depth at center and knowing that not all of these guys are going to make it are players who I'm like, all right, I like this player personally, but he also deserves a shot, and he may not get that shot within the Kings organization. And two of those guys are uh, Jared Anderson Dolan, who has been around for a little while. Um, you know, last season, unfortunately, just numbers crunch. They had to send him to the AHL because they just were out of room, and he still, you know, could pass through without having to go go on waivers. Um, you know, very mature young player. Uh, you'd like to see a little more offense at the NHL level, but he also hasn't really been put in a position to succeed necessarily that much. Uh, they've usually used him in sort of limited bottom six roles, uh, or, you know, in, in the NHL. In the AHL, he's done a lot better in terms of scoring. Um, he's another guy who I think has potential and just might not be able to reach that in the Kings organization. Um, is definitely looked at as someone who, no matter what team he ends up on, is going to be a future leader. Um, he definitely has all of those like intangibles that everyone talks about in terms of, you know, just you know, I think he was a captain or an assistant captain in his juniors team, uh, played a big role for Hockey Canada, um, and is just you know, is he going to be a top scoring player? Probably not, but he has that sort of combination of scoring, a little bit of grit, um, you know, isn't afraid to just go, you know, go to the corners, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but he's a player who I really like, and I was frustrated to see him have to spend the year in the AHL, but you know, they, they didn't, they didn't have, you know, I'd rather see him there than see him as a healthy scratch all the time. Um, and the other player that I think would be interesting for uh, Wild fans to take a look at would be Akil Thomas. I think he's sort of in that same uh, same sort of bind as, uh, as Anderson Dolan of he's a center, he, uh, he unfortunately also had a really rough year 
in the AHL in that I think he had COVID at one point and then he came back and then he broke his foot and then he he missed a bunch of the season because he had off season surgery on his shoulder and like it just it took him a while to get started but once he got started um you know he looked he was one of the best players in the playoffs for the rain who really struggled um after being dominant all season long they get to the playoffs they lose half of their team to the NHL because all of the Kings are hurt so they have to steal all the AHL team uh, but Akil Thomas was one of the best looking players in that series um, you know, he's a big kid. He's very smart. He has a penchant for scoring goals at big moments. Uh, I think he, one of the years in world juniors scored the goal that like won it for Canada or something, um, has a lot of like last second goals or overtime winners, uh, with the rain, uh, has helped spark a lot of comebacks. So he definitely has that kind of attitude and plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, I think of, you know, just wanting to prove that he belongs here and prove that he, you know, can hang with them. Uh, he's another player who, you know, personally, I think that he is a really great kid. I think that he, you know, will be an asset to whatever team he's on, both on and off the ice. But uh, I'm concerned as to how the Kings will ever fit him in to their NHL roster. So is someone who deserves a shot? I think he might, you know, next season I could see him being someone who gets called up, you know, for injuries or for short periods of time. He's not quite ready, I think, uh, for the NHL yet, but uh, I think is a really promising young prospect. Excellent. Well, uh, definitely some names to consider. Not only prospects, but um, picks are an option for the Wild mm -hmm. as well. And so we'll uh, we'll finish today's crossover talking picks, and then we'll uh, we'll just kind of wrap things up in our special crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Kings. But first, let's hear a little bit from our wonderful friends over at Bet Online. So if you are like me, you have been saying for like the past four years or so that the Colorado Avalanche are going to win the Stanley Cup. And this year, maybe, just maybe, you might be right. And if you want to get in on that action, and if you feel like you want to put down uh, some dollars on it, or you want to research the odds or the stats or all that things, uh, you can go to betonline.net. It is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball champion ma championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, and now, of course, the Stanley Cup Final, uh, Major League Baseball, and, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC all the way to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. If you go, you can scroll through. They've got articles about just about everything. So if you want to have a sport explained to you even, you can go find that on betonline.net. So go and check it out. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Final segment of today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Kings. Seth Topol joined by Sarah Avampato of Locked on Kings. Sarah, draft picks. The NHL draft is less than a month away. I don't know where the time went. I seems, hate it. <laughs> it seems like just yesterday, like the the playoffs are going on and both of our teams are still in it. Um, as a result, both the Kings and the Wild will have later first round picks. So just for uh, for those that are curious, just run us through uh, what is the current draft situation, draft capital, we like to call it. What's the current situation for the Kings for the 2022 NHL draft? Uh, sure. So the Kings are drafting 19th. Uh, so they do still have their first round pick. They do have picks in rounds one through six. Uh, they gave away their seventh at some point, but whatever. 
so just one pick in each round uh, through the first six uh, for this coming year. Uh, the year after, they have uh, picks in every round and then two third round picks for some reason. Uh, so they're pretty flush on draft picks in terms of you got all the ones you're expected to have. Uh, they're not, you know, Arizona Coyotes territory where they've just hoarded literally every pick in the draft. But uh, I think that there is room to move some of these, especially for this year's draft, which I feel like every draft person, prospect person you talk to, when you try to figure out who's going to pick who, where, the answer is, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a very weird draft this year. Well, and this is the thing that I'm uh, kind of figuring out in the the people that I've had on to discuss it. This is the year where it's probably okay to not mm -hmm. have picks because it doesn't seem like it's that great of a draft. Now, flip side of that, if you're the Minnesota Wild, that means that you are wanting to get probably a first round pick next year. Mm -hmm. And so I was mostly curious as to if the Kings had their first round pick for next year, which they do indeed. Like they do. They do. Yeah, they have it. I feel like, yeah, next year's draft is the one that everyone's just like, everyone is so good. I, you know, I could see, you know, from the Kings perspective, they're going to hope that that draft pick is not good. They're going to hope that it's, you know, night like, I mean, every year they want to win the whole thing, but you know, right. you're going to hope that it's not, you know, a lottery pick. But so I could see them conceivably if, you know, if the deal is there, if we're talking, you know, Kevin Fiala, who we know, even if he's like having a down year, is still going to score goals for you. I think it's something you have to consider. Like if, if Rob Blake gets that phone call, he has to think about it. Um, I would say that next year's draft pick, if you're moving that first, you'd want a lottery protected just in case. Mm -hmm. um, we, we have all seen teams fall into the lottery. I mean, look no further than Montreal of Stanley Cup final one year, literal worst team in the league the next year. Um, you know, you, you want to protect that draft pick just in case something horrible happens. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, like I said earlier, the Kings are in a position where they can start taking swings. And if that swing includes getting rid of that draft pick because you're going to bring in someone who is a proven performer, I think you have to consider it. And this is another thing too, and kind of just talking about what's available in this potential trade. I think there may be other, there may be other teams such as, you know, the, the devils. Now I'm not saying that they would include the number two overall pick for Fial. That seems like that's probably a reach, but there are some other teams, you know, that have multiple first round picks this year um, or a team like the Senators who has the seventh overall pick mm -hmm. to where you might have one trade package that is more pick heavy. Mm -hmm. And in the case of the Kings, this might be a situation where the trade proposal is more prospect heavy. Mm -hmm. It's where you're getting a couple of young players in return or I, I am not somebody who can like i can do it on you know on, on xbox <laughs> i can put a trade together but if i'm trying to do it in real life yeah no chance so it seems like if there's a fit between the wild and the kings that the trade package is going to be more mm -hmm. players heavy to mm -hmm. where maybe there is a pick thrown in at some point but i feel like wild kings is going to be young players 
mm-hmm. plus maybe a pick. Yeah. And I feel like knowing knowing where the wild are at in terms of um, your your cap, uh, your, your unfortunate cap situation, um, you're going to be looking for bodies to play for your team, but those bodies need to be fairly low paid for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, th- I feel like that's where some of these prospects who are, you know, maybe just finishing up their entry level contracts and you know that their next deal is going to be pretty low because they've spent most of their time in the minors um, could be attractive in terms of, listen, we're getting bodies that can play either for Iowa or for the wild, the wild or the wild. Um, and they're not going to get, they're not going to get paid $5 million. They're going to get paid one. <laughs> and, you know, it is at least people who can make an immediate impact versus, well, we got all these picks. We'll see him in six years. Yeah, exactly. Now we'll, we'll wrap up with kind of the, the, cumulative bit that I've put together for these episodes is what can Kevin Fiala do for you? What can Brown do for you? What can Kevin Fiala do for you? And so I'm going to ask you to look into the crystal ball uh, to look ahead to let's assume that the wild trade Fiala to the Kings. And it's for a couple of, a couple of maybe those names mentioned or a couple of young players uh, that uh, that the Kings at this point, you know, maybe maybe don't need as much, can afford to uh, to part with. Assuming that happens, and assuming the Kings accomplish their other objectives this offseason, is Kevin Fiala enough of a home run to put the Kings towards the uh, the top of the not only Pacific Division but the Western Conference? Could Kevin Fiala do that? for the LA Kings to, uh, to push them really towards that legit contender category. You know, I think that he could, because I think, you know, even, even if like at the lowest he's scoring 20 goals for you, that is 20 goals. The Kings did not have last year, Uh, especially, you know, the the only major part right now that they've lost up front is Dustin Brown, who has decided to retire. And I love Dustin Brown, but you know, he had uh, nine goals this year. So replacing nine goals from Dustin Brown, not going to be a tough order. Um, I, I just, you know, while you were kind of teeing that up, I just had visions of Andre Kopitar down the middle, Kevin Fiala on his left, Adrian Kempe on his right, and them just going ham all the time. Like, exactly, that, that face, that, there's your, your thumbnail clip right there, <laughs> is that face you made. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I envision that and... You know, uh, Kempe, I think, is a great example of a guy who they shifted him to wing because they realized you're not a center. They stopped trying to make him be a center, and suddenly he goes off for 35 goals or whatever, uh, which is the best he's ever done. Uh, and imagining, you know, that left winger was kind of a rotating spot that it didn't always have a, a consistent player. And so imagining putting two high-octane, offensive-minded players up there with Andre Kopitar is just like... It feels like Christmas. So, you know, I I think that having another player who consistently is going to be helping create offense would be huge for the Kings, especially because in the playoffs, part of their big problem was scoring wasn't necessarily their problem in the playoffs. They, I mean, first off, they were playing against Mike Smith, but like, you know, they scored goals. It was just that they couldn't keep them out of their own net because their defense was like two adults and then the Ontario Reign. 
So, you know, it, it was a, a very bad situation of everyone getting hurt at the end of the season, essentially. Uh, and so I imagine a, a re renewed offense with their actual blue line the way it was supposed to be. And I'm like, hmm, that could work. So that is what Kevin Fiala can do for me. Um, would they win the Western Conference, go to the Stanley Cup final? I, as long as the Colorado Avalanche exists, like, good yeah. luck, anybody. But, you know, they might get out of the first round. <laughs> okay. Well, that would be, that would be something. Than, I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure the yeah. Kings would take it. And so it, it looks as though now, obviously, again, not the GM. No. So all of the, all the things that need to happen to make this work, Bill Guerin's on it. And uh, we can just we can just plug it in because it sounds like there's a match here. And so, you know, when the trade inevitably happens, depending on who it is, we may be <laughs> we may be set things yeah. in motion here yeah. uh, on our crossover episode today. So that's uh, that's where we're going to leave it. And so uh, thank you all for tuning in to today's crossover episode. Uh, now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you check out the Locked On NHL podcast to get a full preview of the Stanley Cup final between the Avs and the Lightning, as well as everything else going on throughout the NHL, Florida firing assistant coaches. Oh, boy. I don't know what's going on there. So uh, make sure you check out the Locked on NHL podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, just like these two shows. Hit subscribe on YouTube. Follow both of us everywhere so that you can stay up to date on everything going on with the Wild and the Los Angeles Kings all offseason long. We are bringing you new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network.